Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Tuesdays, wherever you may be around the country or around the world. We certainly appreciate you supporting Outkick. Click like or subscribe below uh, and make sure that you are joining the YouTube army. Over 850,000 subscribers and growing, as I've said for a while. I want to go over a million. Uh, I'm confident we're going to go over a million soon, uh, and that's because you guys are fabulous. we got a lot of news stories to get into. Um, Ron DeSantis, uh, breaking news story now basically confirmed everywhere. Ron DeSantis going to announce for president tomorrow uh, on Twitter spaces with Elon Musk. Uh, that announcement happening around 6 or 7 o'clock. David Sachs, who we've had wins and losses conversations with before, a venture capital investor from the West Coast who has been a big DeSantis supporter, will be the moderator of that conversation. Again, Ron DeSantis announcing with Elon Musk uh, tomorrow to officially enter the presidential race. And as a part of that official entry in the presidential race, uh, it's going to get pretty nasty, pretty fast, and the battleground is going to become intense. Um, I'll put up a poll soon and allow you guys to weigh in on whomever you would support if the election were the primary election were taking place now. Of course it's not, right? Uh, we still have about eight months, probably, uh, until there will be an election in Iowa, That'll then be followed right now by New Hampshire and then South Carolina and then Nevada, I believe, is the order in which the Republican primary is going to play out. I like DeSantis announcing with Elon Musk on Twitter spaces. Uh, Elon has previously said that he would support Ron DeSantis. And if I had to, I, I presume that, that is this is a sign that that would continue. And to be honest... If I had to pick one person in America today uh, to be my supporter, if I were running for president outside of obviously my own family, I would probably take Elon Musk because of the influence that he has at Twitter, because of the success that he's had at Tesla and the success that he's had at SpaceX. I think he would be an outstanding advisor uh, and not to mention have the financial wherewithal to make a difference if he decides to get involved. Now, immediately, you will see a massive amount of criticism that will rain down upon Elon Musk uh, because people will say, well, he's going to rig the election for Ron DeSantis. And implicitly, in that criticism, will be an acknowledgement of something that left-wingers have said, uh, refused to say for years, which is people in positions of power in big tech do have the ability to rig elections. Um, and I don't think there's any doubt that the cover-up of the Hunter Biden laptop story, which we discussed yesterday on this show, which many people still believe is Russian disinformation, did make a determinative factor uh, in the outcome of the 2020 election. In other words, if the media had fairly and accurately covered the Hunter Biden case, I believe that Donald Trump would have won the 2020 election, even based on the numbers that are out there. People say, why do you believe that, Clay? Well, you don't have to change very many votes, right? 
20,000 was the margin in Wisconsin. Around 10,000 was the margin in Arizona and in Georgia. So if you change somewhere in the neighborhood of 20,000 votes in Wisconsin, in Georgia, and in Arizona, that means those people change their minds out of what? 156 million votes that were allegedly cast. Only 20,000 people need to change their mind, and you would have ended up with Donald Trump in the White House because it would have been a 269-269 tie, and then the House of Representatives would have voted, and they would have put Trump back in in 2020. And by the way, I think if that had been going on, Democrats would have stormed the Capitol and they would have tried to overthrow the vote counting that was going on in the House of Representatives. I 100% believe that. Because if you look at the history of the 2020 uh, election, who were the people who were rioting throughout most of the 2020 election? Democrats, left-wingers. Republicans were not, by and large, rioting. In fact, the only riot that Republicans were involved in was the one that happened on January 6th. And I've said for a long time that rioters, regardless of their political motivation, should be punished to the full extent of the law. Uh, Of course, we've only done that to one side because most of the people who were arrested surrounding the BLM protest had no actual consequences for their behavior. But Ron DeSantis announcing for president with Elon Musk, reportedly David Sachs, as the MC that is occurring tomorrow afternoon, evening, depending on your time zone. Um, And then I can tell you uh, that I would imagine Ron DeSantis would undergo a lot of uh, media at that time. I know that he is now scheduled to be on with Clay and Buck uh, on Thursday uh, as he begins his media tour surrounding uh, that that, uh, announcement. Okay, so DeSantis officially getting in tomorrow, according to that report. I like the way to do it. Uh, To me, announcing on Twitter spaces, if you're the second youngest person running for president, right? Vivek Ramaswamy is the youngest, I believe. It, It demonstrates a generational divide. It continues to represent the First Amendment in full flourishing at Twitter. And I'm sure that Elon Musk, as I told you, will get attacked by saying, hey, you're trying to rig the election. Elon Musk doesn't listen to me, but if he were to ask my opinion on that, I would say something pretty simple. I would say, look, if Joe Biden wants to come on Twitter spaces and have a conversation with me, I'm happy to have Joe Biden on as well. I said this on our radio program earlier. We had RFK Jr. on a few weeks ago. If Joe Biden wanted to come on Clay and Buck, I would have him on in a heartbeat, right? Um, I'm not going to run from a serious presidential contender or the president, him or herself. I'd always put them on. So this is not remotely, I don't think, a difficult decision. I'm sure the criticism will come. But if I'm Elon Musk, my response is I'll have Joe Biden on too. But my goal, if I, I'm speaking as if I were Elon, is for Twitter to be the place that not only people write messages, which become news, but I want video. Some of you are watching me right now on Twitter video. I want video. I want audio. I want Twitter to be a multimedia platform where news is made uh, in video and in audio form. That seems to me like a no-brainer, and I think that's the easy way to respond. LeBron, LeGon, LeBron James and the Lakers lose 4-zip to the Denver Nuggets. What did we learn here? 
Nikola Jokic, first of all, widely disrespected. The only big talking point on Jokic all season, if you remember on ESPN, was Kendrick Perkins saying it would be racist if he was the MVP. Can we now say it's racist that he's not the MVP? I don't know how these rules work, but it seems quite clear at this point that Jokic has had the best playoff of any uh, high-caliber player in the NBA. And especially, I loved that Jokic was asked, what did it mean to win the Western Conference uh, championship? And he responded, nothing, which I love because the goal isn't to win your conference. It's to win the NBA Finals and win the overall NBA championship. Um, But what does this represent for LeBron? After the game, LeBron said, hey, maybe I'm going to retire. He's not going to retire. LeBron, look, if you think LeBron James is not going to have a farewell tour that would make Kobe Bryant blush over the way his farewell tour went, you have not paid an ounce of attention at all. LeBron, whenever he decides to retire, is going to have the longest goodbye that has ever existed in the history of the NBA. Uh, He will make it a pro He's not going to just suddenly say, hey, I'm out. I also think he wants to play with his son. His son is not eligible to enter the NBA for at least one season. LeBron will turn 39 next year. I think he will then play at the age of 40 somewhere with his son. I wouldn't put it past LeBron to chase a ring somewhere. In fact, that would be the most LeBron action imaginable, let's be honest, would be to try and add a couple of rings to catch MJ as somebody coming off the bench. I think that LeBron will play several more years. I think you're going to have to drag him off the court, and that's presuming that he doesn't get injured, which I hope he doesn't. He's still playing at a high level. I guess it's possible that he could sit out for a year rest, relax, and then come back to play with his son the next year. But I don't even think LeBron would do that. I will be stunned beyond belief if LeBron isn't on the court. Now, maybe he takes a couple of months off because nobody in the NBA wants to play anymore because of the load management era. Maybe he says, hey, I'll come back after the All-Star break. Like He could want to rest and recuperate and make a run in the second half of the season. I could see all of that happening. But the idea that LeBron's not going to keep playing, I think, is crazy. Um, Big win for the Denver Nuggets, who advanced to the NBA Finals for the first time, I believe, since they became a franchise in 1976. Uh, They are a legitimately very skilled team. Murray is coming back from his injury. Uh, I know that Adam Silver tonight is going to be watching the Celtics Heat game, begging for it not to be a double sweep. One of you can correct me, but I don't think we've had very many double sweeps in the history of the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, which is why there's a decent chance that the fewest number of people to ever watch the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals will actually occur in the NBA this year. And then we know, uh, lowest ever, by the way, and then we know that a Nuggets and Heat final will be very low rated. Maybe it'll be a really good series. Maybe it'll go six or seven games. Uh, But we know that there's not going to be a very substantial crowd of people watching uh, watching this breakdown, watching this outcome. So we'll see exactly what ends up happening going forward there. But I do not anticipate very many people in the grand scheme watching. And the analogy I made 
and I'd encourage you guys just to think about it, is everybody says they want underdogs to win in the NCAA tournament. But the data reflects overwhelmingly that they actually don't want that by the time we get to the Final Four or the championship game. And in fact, the lower uh, brand quality in terms of renown an individual team has, the fewer the people who end up watching it when we actually get to that point. Uh, So again, I would be stunned if uh, a lot of people are going to watch Nuggets Heat no matter what because neither of these teams are in very big markets and neither of these teams have very big fan bases. I think the Heat will close out the Celtics tonight. The Celtics' performance in Game 3 was woeful. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler and company close it out, and we get double sweeps uh, as we continue in the NBA Finals. And then, by the way, messy situation, you're going to have a long wait, a long wait before we end up uh, with the NBA Finals actually starting. I don't think they start till Thursday of next week, uh, which means a lot of people, uh, I mean, eight or nine days, whatever the math is on that, uh, that people potentially are sitting around waiting for this basketball series to start, which is also not going to help in the ratings. Uh, and this is a major body blow to ESPN and the NBA as they try to come back from what has been a disastrous run. Uh, all right. Uh, we have a trial date set for Donald Trump in this entirely illegitimate, indefensible case that has been brought by Alvin Bragg in New York City. Reports are that trial will begin on March the 25th, 2024. Now, I would call this somewhat of a win for Trump because it means that likelihood is, strong likelihood, that there may already be a nominee selected by the time of March 25th uh, because all of the primaries occur, many of them. I think Super Tuesday is going to be the first weekend in March, uh, so there's a decent chance that by the time we get to March the 25th that there already will have been a, um, a, uh, a, a nominee selected. But make no mistake what they're trying to do here. I think there are going to be charges brought uh, in Atlanta, in the state of Georgia. I think there are going to be charges brought by the federal government. Um, And I believe the goal is going to be to keep Trump in a courtroom, stack them one after the other in March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November of 2024. As this election is going on, I think there is a calculated attempt by Democrats to use the Department of Justice to keep Donald Trump in courtrooms, to keep him out of being able to campaign uh, for the entirety of the 2024 presidential election cycle. That's what I believe. That is where I think we are headed. But again, March 25th, a positive, at least if you are a Trump supporter, is in theory, uh, it may already have been decided, the nomination. Plus, let's be honest. The Trump people legitimately believe that the more charges that are brought against them, the better it works in their favor. Uh, The Dodgers have bent the knee um, on this uh, gay group that dresses up like nuns. I'm not an expert on this. I understand that people are Catholic, consider this to be an offensive uh, way of, uh, of, uh, of, of honoring the LGBTQ whatever universe. Here's what I would say I believe we're dealing with in general. First, 
the Dodgers, shame on them for reversing course. But here's what I think is going on. I think we have reached the point where inclusivity is actually becoming exclusive. That is, and let me explain exactly what I mean by this, that is that your overall inclusiveness, hey, I want the opportunity to do X or Y, is actually now beginning to exclude people. And I think certainly you see this, and people understand it, with the trans agenda, right? If I decide that I'm a girl, and you're like, hey, you need to be inclusive and respect my gender, that is one thing. But when you make that statement, and then you say, and I deserve to compete as a woman in women's athletics, that is exclusionary. Because you are taking away the opportunity of a woman to be a women's sports champion. And this just happened in California. You, If you played any high school sports, you remember, what's the number one goal for most people who play from a team perspective or an individual perspective in high school sports? You want to make state, right? You want to go to state. Anybody who's ever played a high school sport Your goal, you might want to win your district. You might want to win your region. Your ultimate goal is to go to state and win a championship. But just getting to the state playoffs, to the state uh, championship, an opportunity to win is a tremendous goal. So what happened in California recently was a dude decides to identify as a girl, comes in second place. Only the top three racers go to state which means the girl who came in fourth lost an opportunity to compete for a state championship to a boy, okay? That's everything that's wrong with inclusion becoming exclusion. She was excluded from an opportunity to compete for a championship playing as a woman because a boy decided to identify as a girl. Should it happen anywhere in America, but it's increasingly happening everywhere. People say, oh, it's not happening very much. No, 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 it is. And the trend lines are becoming more prevalent. And so you're going to have this happen in your district, in your region, in your state, to your kid, to your grandkid, to your niece or nephew, to your cousin. Heck, it might happen to you as you were sitting here listening to me right now. This is wrong. Everything about it is wrong. We'll be right back. Got to take a little break here. We are rolling without kicking. You don't want to miss a moment. Stay tuned. Um, Target is uh, now, but so the Dodgers, to me, are representative of how that becomes inclusive. We're going to celebrate inclusivity by excluding people who may be of the Catholic faith and deciding that we are going to disrespect them, according to many people who are members of the Catholic faith. I'm not Catholic. But according to many people who are Catholic, this is excluding them from feeling like the team cares about them. By the way, the team should care about everybody. This has been my argument for a long time. You know the way you prove that you care about everybody? By putting on a really fun experience at Dodger Stadium and making everybody who enters into your stadium feel welcome no matter what their background is. I want everybody to feel welcome when they click on outkick.com. Really, 
black, white, Asian, Hispanic, gay, straight. You may not agree with the opinions, but I want everybody to be welcome there. I'm trying to serve the entire audience as broadly as I possibly can with our OutKick offerings. Some people don't like it. That's fine. But my goal is not to say, hey, I hope you have a crappy time when you click on our website or you listen to our podcast or you watch these videos. I want to serve everybody. Best way I know how to serve everybody, be as honest as possible, allow as many different opinions as possible. That's what we do at OutKick every day. That's what I'd want to do if I were the Dodgers. Target. You know why I made such an important deal about the Bud Light uh, boycott? The fact that in the week, first week of May, 28% fewer Bud Lights were sold than the week before. Because it's important to send a message to a major consumer brand about what happens when you go woke. That there is a consequence from going too far left wing. I just want every marketing department out there to think, hey, there we can destroy our brand if we decide to get too woke. I think ESPN's done it in many ways. I think that Disney is doing it right now. I think the NBA has done it. I've seen all this happen, right, Uh, from my world of sports, from my perspective as I've watched it happen. I think it's happened to Bud Light. And now there are reports that Target, because they've had all these ridiculous bathing suits that allow you to tuck your penis so it's not visible. I can't believe this is real, okay? Uh, I am not an expert in swimwear, not even men's swimwear. I, in fact, I don't think I've ever bought a swimsuit for myself in like the last, since I got married, right? I mean, I, I mean this honestly, I have a lot of old swimsuits, which my wife finds to be like unacceptable. And I believe that there have been a few bathing suits bought for me over the last 20 years. Also my swimsuits, I, I keep them forever. Okay. But I, I, I mean this honestly. I don't think I have bought a swimsuit uh, since I got married. So I've been, I've been married for like 20 years. By the way, I haven't bought that many clothes, period. All right? Uh, so this is not just unique to swimsuits. But I believe, uh, so that I'm not an expert in swimwear. And I got to be honest with you, I've been asked my opinion on swimwear before. And every time I tell my wife she looks amazing in a bathing suit. And every time she has. I've never heard anyone say, hey, you know what I want to do? I want to wear a women's bathing suit, but I've got a dick, and I don't know where to put my dick if I wear a women's bathing suit. Maybe I'm really isolated. Maybe this is a conversation that happens all the time. Maybe OutKick should get into making bathing suits with women dick holes, like, you know, tuck holes or whatever you could call this thing, right? Maybe it's a huge market. I tend to think it's not. I tend to think, call me crazy, but I'm putting my my pulse, uh, I'm reading the pulse of the marketplace at large. I don't think if I run Target that I'm like, hey, you know how we make our sales targets this month? Make bathing suits for chicks with dicks, right? I just, I'm just going to toss this out there. I don't think it's a huge marketplace. I don't think there are a ton of dudes pretending to be women who want to buy bathing suits made for women, but they want to be able to hide their dicks. I don't think that's a huge market. If I'm wrong, hey, you get out there, you start your chicks with dicks uh, swimwear line, and you may become a billionaire, right? 
you might be the next Elon Musk. You might be the next Jeff Bezos. I could be totally wrong. Chickswithdickswimsuits.com could be an absolute goldmine. All right? Maybe I'm wrong. Chickswithdickswimsuits.com could become like the next Google. People are like, hey, you know what? What, you know, you know, the iPhone was popular, but you know what's really going to be the next level of consumer popular? Chicks with dicks bathing suits. Could be wrong. I encourage you to compete. I'm a big capitalism guy. But if I ran Tart, and I already had a lot of things that we were selling in the store, and I was trying to hit my same store sales growth number, and somebody said, we got to be up 10% in May, I don't know that I would raise my hand and say, I got the idea. It's chicks with dicks bathing suits. In fact, I might even think, as a rational person, not only is the market for chicks with dicks swimsuits small, but also we might alienate people who are just buying regular bathing suits. Your traditional male swimsuit buyer and more commonly your traditional women's swimsuit buyer. Now, women buy a lot of swimsuits. And most of them, in my experience, will say, hey, does this suit make me look fat? Do my boobs look good or bad? How does my ass look in this swimsuit? I've not ever heard a woman say, hey, does my dick look good in this swimsuit? Because in general, hate to break it to you, women don't have dicks, all right? Chicks don't have dicks. But the marketplace for chicks with dicks, small. Target is now panicked. This is a storyline that is out there. Let me give you the latest. Target is starting to panic because they are concerned that they are going to become the new Bud Light. Target has held an emergency meeting to avoid a Bud Light situation. Some Southern Target stores were forced by the corporation to move LGBTQ pride merchandise away from the front of their locations after customer outrage to try to avoid a Bud Light situation. Um, And a Target insider told Fox News Digital many locations, particularly in the South, have had to try to change their, uh, their, the way that they're laying things out. I'd be nervous if I ran Target. I'd just be nervous. Women are going to revolt at some point over all this ridiculous woman face going on. And when you are running all these advertisements uh, about dudes wearing uh, women's bathing suits and the fact that you can have a dick and wear one, at some point, women are going to revolt. And Target is a place they could revolt. Remember, men revolted over the Bud Light thing. By and large, men consume light beers, right? Men consume overwhelming percentages of beer, and I hope all men like Gratis, my beer, which is available all over the state of Tennessee and is primarily for men who have penises. Although if women want to claim they have penises and drink our beer, they can do it. We're just not going to advertise to them, unlike Bud Light. So, uh, and also, by the way, if you're a woman, you don't have a penis. You're just a man pretending to be a woman. But... I would be nervous if I were Target that we were going to get Bud Lighted. 
And that's a conversation that every marketing department has to be having in the wake of the Bud Light disaster. Don't alienate your base. And I would say the average base consumer of a Target store is what? Probably a 43-year-old mom, right? That's just a guess. If I had to guess, the most average consumer walking into Target on a day-to-day basis, I would say it's probably something like a mom around 40 years old shopping there for herself, for her family, for her young boys or girls. Not her young boys pretending to be girls. And that audience is not socially liberal as a general rule. And I'm telling you, Target should be super nervous because they could be up next on the Bud Light hit list. Uh, A couple of other things. MSNBC had a guest on who said that Florida is in danger of becoming a terrorist state. I saw where Kara Swisher also said there's not much of a difference between Florida and the Taliban. I want to make sure I get this quote right because I saw this and I said, how can you be this dumb, right? Like, how is it possible that you could be this dumb? And then I said, well, you know, in my mind, a lot of left-wingers are this dumb. They believe fiction over truth. They believe things that are 100% untrue. Um, And so if you look at what's going on with MSNBC, uh, that stupidity, and then you also contemplate what's going on, Kara Swisher's podcast equated genocide in China to how Florida treats women. Um, She thinks Florida women are treated worse than Muslim Uyghurs in Chinese concentration camps. I bet there are some women in Florida watching this right now. Do you feel like in living in the Sunshine State, occasionally going to Disney World, maybe swinging by Universal Studios, going out to the beach, do you feel like you are living in a concentration camp? Do you feel like you're in a terrorist state? This is how much left-wingers have lost their mind. We started off the show today talking about the fact that DeSantis is going to declare for president reportedly tomorrow. This is a calculated attack on Ron DeSantis. Florida is a fabulous place. I've got a home in Florida. Actually, hate to brag or draw attention to myself, two homes in Florida. Got one on the Florida Gulf Coast in Rosemary Beach. Another we're building in Alice Beach, which is basically right next door. I love Florida. When my kids get older, I plan on spending even more of my time in Florida than I do now. When people lie to you, And when they tell you things like Florida is a terrorist state, which they said on MSNBC, or when a left-winger like this uh, Kara Swisher says there's not much of a difference between Uyghurs in China and women in Florida, they're lying to you. They know that these are not analogous situations. They know that women aren't in danger in Florida. And if they were, guess what? You could move to a new state. Instead, women are overwhelmingly moving to Florida because it's a fabulous place to live. Speaking of women, Joy Behar is among the dumbest women uh, on the planet who makes a living in media. Let's just broaden it. One of the dumbest people who makes a living with daily media is Joy Behar. Uh, She went after Tim Scott, South Carolina senator who announced for president yesterday, She also went after Clarence Thomas. 
She said that because both of those men believe in pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, that they have no idea what being black in America is like. Joy Behar is a white woman. She is an imbecile. But this is what left-wing orthodoxy leads to. It is people who are not black lecturing black people about what they can or cannot believe. And this is crazy town. In the clip, we can share a part of this that we'll share as, uh, on social media. But I'd encourage you to go look at my Twitter feed. You can see what Joy Behar said. And Tim Scott fired back and said that he wasn't an exception, uh, that his success was actually emblematic of what others can do. And this is a good opportunity for me to share with you one of the mantras that I regularly tell my children, my three boys. The only hand you can rely on is the one at the end of your sleeve. Okay? Individual excellence is the only pathway to success in this country that you can control. Somebody else might give you a great opportunity. That's fabulous. But ultimately, it is your individual work ethic that will determine whether you succeed or fail in this country. And let me tell you four things that I want you to tell your kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, little cousins, whoever they are. I can't guarantee you're going to be rich. I wish I could wave a magic wand and make you rich. Although, to be fair, almost everyone in America, even the poorest among us, is rich on a global scale. That's why so many people are willing to die trying to get into America. Even the poorest people in this country would be wealthy, for instance, in India. But there are four things I can do that will guarantee you will not be poor. Four things. They're all eminently achievable. Graduate from high school. Get a job. Get married. Don't have a kid until you're 25. If you do those four things, graduate high school, get a job, get married, do not have a child until you're 25, and the third and fourth can be in a different order, right? I can guarantee you, you will not be poor. There is a 0% poverty rate if you do those four things, no matter where you start, no matter how poor your family was, no matter what race you are. That's imminently possible, right? Graduate high school, get a job, get married, don't have a kid till you're 25 years old. Again, those four things. Now, some people will not graduate from high school. And some people will have kids when they're 18. And some people will never get married, and they might end up rich. That's true. But that's a statistical anomaly. It's an exception. Graduate high school, get a job, get married, don't have a kid until you're 25. Now, I'd like you to go to college. I'd like you to become a doctor, lawyer, engineer, whatever you might be. But those four things will guarantee that you are not poor, no matter where you start. That, my friends, is about individual responsibility. Make good choices, and you will have a good outcome. Finally, Joe Biden, in an address at Howard University, uh, said that the biggest threat commencement address at Howard University, Joe Biden said that the biggest threat in America today was white supremacy. He really said that. 
Uh, that is one billion percent not true. I'm not even sure white supremacy is in the top 100 biggest issues that our country faces today. But Joe Biden is using his Department of Justice and he is using his FBI to create an artificial boogeyman that is designed to appeal to identity politics. And the idea is that white supremacists are everywhere. There was a, a Hispanic white supremacist who supposedly shot up a mall in Texas. No real evidence that that was a white supremacist. Media ran with it like crazy. I made fun of it because back in the day, Dave Chappelle had a blind black white supremacist skit. I believe the guy's name was Clayton Bigsby. He claimed that he was a white supremacist. He was black, blind, had no idea he was actually black. It's a really funny skit. But when you are having other members of minority groups defined as white supremacists, it's a sign that there aren't that many white supremacists. And why would there be, right? The only thing you can do in America that guarantees you are unemployable is be a white racist, right? That's why there are hardly any white supremacists, and those that are have almost no money and no ability to make a living. Because the only thing you can do pretty much in America today that guarantees you will be unemployable is actually be a white supremacist. So there's not a real incentive structure here for white supremacy. It doesn't pay very well. Therefore, there are not very many of them, okay? I don't know that I've ever met a white supremacist in my life. And I grew up in Tennessee and have been all over the South. They're racist people, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, all sorts of racist people. I acknowledge that. But there are hardly any white supremacists. So the idea that white supremacy is this big uh, uh, big threat, the biggest threat to the nation, according to Joe Biden, it's just a lie. And on top of that, last night, evidently some uh, Indian or Pakistani guy drove a U-Haul uh, van very slowly into a gate outside of the White House and they immediately tried to sell it as white supremacy. Except the guy is Indian or Pakistani. I'm not sure what his exact background is. Uh, but I do know that this individual who was arrested, his name is uh, Sai Varsith Kandula, and he is a Missouri resident. And if you look at his picture, he appears to be Indian or Pakistani, something of that uh, racial background. Not a white guy. And unlikely, I would guess, to be a white supremacist. So look, racism is a scourge on our country. I wish that racism did not exist at all. But white supremacy, in my opinion, is not even in the hundred biggest threats that our nation faces uh, right now. And the fact that Joe Biden is trying to make it such is evidence of what I talked about yesterday of what identity politics leads to. Divisiveness slicing and dicing all of us and trying to make us only represent what we are cosmetically. I'm a white guy. I think it's probably the least interesting thing about me because I didn't choose it. If you're a black guy or an Asian guy or a Hispanic guy or a woman of any different background watching me right now, your race and gender to me 
is one of the least interesting things about you, if not the least interesting things about you, because what makes you an interesting individual is the choices you make, not the choices you did not make. None of us chose our race. None of us chose our gender. Believe me. We are born white, black, Asian, Hispanic. We are born boy or girl. Yes, doctors don't get it wrong. And the truth of the matter is this. Very little of our success or failure has anything to do with that. But certainly this lie that continues to divide us, that white supremacy is an existential threat, is probably the biggest, most pernicious, and most consistent lie that Joe Biden has told since he began his run for president and got elected. All right. My name is Clay Travis. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. This has been Outkick, the show. I'll see you tomorrow.